Welcome to the Self Helpful Podcast. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is the podcast people tune into for in-depth discussions on the latest research from our foremost leaders in self-improvement, so you can be growing and more equipped to live at your fullest capacity in body, mind, and soul. In this episode, we continue our talk spawned by Richie Norton and his new book, Anti-Time Management, and we dig more into clarifying what our values are and how we craft our day-to-day activities and tasks to support them. It can get a bit mind-boggling to realize how much we do that does not have much to do with what we truly value, and in the same respects, how we can miss the value in many worthwhile activities. So I have with me Tom Ziegler, CEO of Ziegler and proud son of Zig Ziegler, a patron saint of the self-help movement. As a business coach, Tom shares the focus they give to the point of our businesses being to serve our life goals. And we take this further to discuss the point of all we do should be in essence to support our life goals, whether it's our schooling, our parenting, our relationships, our efforts to make money, even our hobbies and interests. Also of profound interest as we discuss goals, Tom asked the question, what's worse than not setting goals? The answer is setting the wrong goals and achieving them. And it got us into discussing how not being intentional about setting our goals sets us up to achieve the wrong goals. But the heart is digging further into asking ourselves what we just truly value. And it's amazing how we go awry, we go astray of our values. Hey, a quick note of apology on this show. You're going to hear a little bit of audio degradation on Tom's side, and it was just some slight pauses as we had some lagging internet. And I don't think it'll be a deterrent, but I'm sensitive to audio quality that we bring you here. Hey, if you find value from this self-helpful podcast, this episode would be great if you would leave a review, let others know what to expect from the show. Let us know what you think. Best thing you can do is talk about it. Discuss what you hear in the show with someone else. Keep the conversation going. You can always connect with me at my website or social media at kevinmiller.co. Next up, Tom Ziegler and I discuss the profound power of crafting our daily tasks and activities to support our overall life goals. Tom Ritchie's message could not be more appropriate for the legacy and message of Ziegler, uh, as far as getting your, you know, what is your primary objective going back to that final result of your life. And then of all the, you know, as we, as we get granular down, uh, we direct it by what we have ahead of us, what our intent is, what our expectation is, what our goals are. So I was really stoked for you to listen to the show. What were your initial highlight thoughts that came out? Well, so I tell you, you know, one of my first thoughts was right when the book Choose to Win came out, uh, I was speaking with Seth Godin, and I asked him about one of the anchor quotes in the book, which is, the fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. And I said, Seth, what do you think? And he said... Well, there is a faster way. And I said, well, what's that? And he said, 
decide you're already successful. Huh. Okay. Fair. And I think, you know, there's, there's not a lot of context around that statement because I didn't explain the conversation we'd been having, but I think what Richie's talking about is we got to decide what success looks like and work backwards, you know, from that. Because we get our priorities, you know, we say, if we do this, then we get that. When, if our success is, hey, I I get to spend time with those I love the most every day. If that's what success looks like, then that, that becomes the order. And all the research on the book, 10 Leadership Virtues for Disruptive Times, one of the things that's happening all across the U.S. and even the world is the reprioritization of life. Uh, you know, I use it as the fist. And for most people, the, the, the fist is work, and then everything else revolves around the fist. It's like the little things like the little things like health and family and <laughs> the fun. little things. Yeah. That all re right. Cause we, as Americans, especially we've organized our life around work and, and ultimately what Richie is doing is he say, no, define what, what you want to de decide, choose what success is for you and then make that the fist and then revolve everything around that. And so Americans in or millions of people are kind of doing that by, you know, they're changing their jobs and, and people who like suddenly were able to work remotely or at least hybrid realize, Hey, wait, I get more done and I have more things, more time for the things that are important to me. And so when the old school, thought leaders come back in when I say old school thought leaders, I think that's an oxymoron. I think maybe <laughs> <laughs> old school biased yeah. leaders yeah. <laughs> say, no, we got to come back to the office um, because blah, blah, blah. People are resisting that. And I'm a big believer that there's some jobs that they have to be done in the office, right? They have to be done uh, with the group. That doesn't mean that every person's right for that job. Right. And so we have an event coming up um, November 11th and 12th. We've got a, we've got a little bit of space left, but it's, we're bringing in, we're, we're it's born to win and it's two days. And I'm <clears throat> listening to Richie. I'm like, okay, so what's, what is leading this new uh, two-day experience, what's it mean to Tom Ziegler? And so my mission statement is to create the atmosphere that allows you to become the person God created you to become. And so what does that mean in this two-day experience that's based on Dad's legendary program, Born to Win, and all the things that we've created well, one of the things that we're doing is we're going to take in the seven areas of life, mental, spiritual, physical, family, financial, personal, and career, we're going to have each person uh, write a purpose statement or a mission statement or a why for each one of those seven areas, right? And so that comes first. 
what's what's my purpose for my family what's my purpose for my health what's my purpose for my financial well-being you know why why is that important and then you figure out the house and so it was very refreshing um to know hey wait a second this two-day experience for me it's about giving people the space to dig in and get the sequence right i'm a big believer in the sequence to success and we and i ask people all the time when we do goal setting i say there's only one thing worse than not setting a goal what is it (laughs) and people will say well it's setting a goal and not achieving it and i say no that's not the worst thing the worst thing is setting the wrong goal and achieving it and that's a real um man talk about a pandemic that's what our country has a pandemic of is setting goals that don't take us any closer to what makes our heart sing and so that's that's really what uh for me that's how it kind of hit me what richie was saying um what's it's gold, Tom. And I want to, we, we had Elliot biz now on the show not long ago, and he runs the summit series, big events. And we were talking about just live events. So you're talking about a live event, which I'm happy to shamelessly uh, promote that event. And you mentioned that. And since this of course podcast will go for years, that's the uh, November 11, 12, 2022. So go to Ziggler.com and you can check that out. But that right there, you said that people are going to come there and they are at the event going to fill out uh, their mission in following the Ziggler wheel of life. Is that what you said? Right. Each spoke in essence. Yeah. Okay. In yeah. And, and so Kevin, we're going to have to be, we're um, maybe I shouldn't have talked about the event. Um, we don't have it on Ziggler.com. Oh, okay. we've Where just, we've just been inviting special people. So I'll send you the link and we can put it in the Ziggler show notes. How about this? Can they also just email you at Tom Ziegler at Ziegler.com? Yeah. Tom at Ziegler.com. Oh, Tom, Tom at Ziegler. Okay. Because, yeah. There you go. Um, so if you want the inside invitation, Tom at Ziegler.com right. and say that Kevin sent you. Well, but my point there was that the price of admission. So thinking about that, there's so many people, myself included, who often look at an event, which I just went to one not long ago. I met you there. We had breakfast, but to look at that and go, you know, why am I going to take the time, spend the money and go to a physical event when I can get everything online? And one, of course there's multiple reasons and we could, uh, this show, that's, this show is not about that, about events, but just that if somebody did that just to spend however long, 30 minutes at the event, thinking through the primary areas of life and what their actual mission is, what is their goal? That would be worth the price of admission because here in our own lives, we hear stuff like this and we think, well, I could do that anytime. And we just don't do it. And I'm not harping on humanity. This is myself too. I'm amazed sometimes, uh, right. You know, like book writing, Tom, how so often I just don't do it unless I make an event out of it. And I'll go to a cabin somewhere to actually make, why can't I do it? I'm here. Like right now I'm, I'm talking to you from my new home studio and there's nobody here. It's vacant all day. I have, I could not be in a more remote place, but it's still home and there's things and I get up to do this and I check that and I'm distracted by that. And it's when I go somewhere. So this isn't necessarily a pitch for, you know, going on an event, but just how 
how seldom we actually do these incredibly powerful things for our lives, like sit down and take 60 minutes on a whatever time, a Saturday, and just think through, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Back to Richie's thing. What am I doing with my time? Where am I spending it? And is this getting me what I want? Is this really lead to what I want? And Tom, I, I've been talking about this ever since I talked with Rain, with, uh, with with Richie because I'm in... I'm in a different time of life, you know, than you, you've got a kid that's out and, uh, you and your bride are there at home alone. I've still got five kids, uh, full-time dependents, you know, here at the house, I've got a lot of older kids who still, you know, end up here quite a bit. And we have had times of me being self-employed, working from home, all the kids homeschooled, no extracurricular activities. And we are just here. That was my mantra, man. We are, we are going to guard our time. Uh, like the Holy Grail, and nothing's going to interrupt it. And we did that. We are right now with kids in three different schools. Um, one, two, three, four. No, four different schools. Five kids in four different schools. I know that's dumb. There is a reason, but four different traditional schools. Uh, well, the, the, there's some. There's some. One of them's an early college school, and one of them's a charter school, and we've got some different things going on. But anyways, they're out in that nine to five or whatever it is, eight to three you know, school type deal. Then they do have extracurricular things that I see value in that I didn't do with some of my older kids. So they're doing that too. So they come home and then we run off to the next thing, just like everybody else. And my wife uh, has, has really gotten into a career that she loves and she's working most days, a regular, you know, kind of an adjusted schedule, but she's working a lot. So we're in that. And I'm looking at this and listening to Richie and thinking, okay, on one hand, It'd be great to be that monk, right? Out on a out on a mountain for a month to listen to the whisperings of a butterfly's wings. Well, I don't really want to do that. I actually do want to be involved with people and doing stuff. Then over here we've got the harried, busy American. And I'm trying to find where where's the balance? Where do I want to be for what purpose? And what you talked about going through each area is, of life is really the only way for me to figure out that. And then to go back and do a Dave Ramsey as he would have us budget our money and budget my time and go, does this really have enough value to do, to say yes to? And has it given me the margin that I need? So I'm playing with that. I mean, this is, this is, this is real, real for my life. And I know it's, it's relative for everybody. You know, if you've got zero kids, if you've got 12 kids, if you've got whatever, we all fill our time and we all have to sit back and go, okay, is this getting us that final result that we want? Yeah. And it's, it's a big choice, you know, and we, we read about it all the time. People spend a year planning their, their wedding and, no time planning their life. Yeah. Um, and so why are we surprised when, when something happens? Um, my dad was such a great example of relishing the moments with the people he loved. He was just present, you know, he was just there. And I think, you know, he didn't have like we, you know, in his time, the, the, <laughs> The iPhone was not a thing. I mean, he he passed away 10 years ago, and so it was starting to become a thing. Uh, but that's what we've got to do is, is we've got to be aware of what's our real reason for being here and what is the, what's the distraction or the obstacle that's keeping us from that real reason. And once we identify those things, 
you know, one of the things that dad did, he, he traveled a lot. And whenever he was in town, uh, he always took me to school. Always. It was his deal, right? He, he wanted that time. We went on, we took a lot of walks. Uh, we played a lot of golf. I think he picked time consuming things, <laughs> not necessarily because he liked time consuming things, but he just liked the time with the, you know, with every time my sisters came over, they'd go for a walk with him. It was just, he, he wanted, he needed an excuse to just have a place where you had to have a conversation with the other person. Yeah. You can't play golf without talking to your cart partner. <laughs> the, I mean, he's a great example of, I mean, he's not somebody who was just home all the time. I mean, you talked about that. He traveled. That was his work. He was out there on stage and when he was gone, he was, he was gone. And yeah, he didn't have a cell phone. He wasn't texting you every moment and sending Snapchat pictures and, you know, posting Instagram videos. He was gone other than a phone call on a rotary dial or, or, or whatever. And yet when he was there, he was present. He knew what his values are were, and he walked those out. And it, again, Tom, it has me just coming back and looking at what do I want to do? What do I not want to do? And what is my attitude around that? And that came up talking with Richie. But when I look at that and think, I'm so aware we got into talking about this victim uh, perspective that we often have with time. We look at time as this enemy and the way that we speak about it. So I was thinking about my own life and thinking, you know, my gosh, how do I look at the have tos, the got tos today? You know, I got to, I got to get up. I got to get ready for this show with Tom Ziegler. My gosh, what drudgery, you know, and I've got to, I got to see my kids off to school and I've got to, whatever it is, go to work, do the laundry, pick up the kids. I got, I got to work out. I got to get some sleep. And we, we kind of, the cultural, that's the cultural tone that we really have. That's what's in the media. That's what we laugh about or on social media or sitcoms or whatever it is, as opposed to looking at it with gratitude. And, but what I got to thinking about Tom is, you know, we, we don't just paint everything with gratitude. If I look at it and go, gosh, okay. And try to get excited about something I really don't want to do. I really don't feel grateful for that's relevant. I don't always need to just paint that with a happy face. I may need to look at that and go, there's a, there's a Richie Norton red flag or a Ziegler red flag of if I'm not finding joy, if I'm not finding gratitude, I'm obviously not seeing enough value in that thing. Maybe I need to let it go. And that could be as big as changing a job or it could be as, I'm not going to minimize it, but you know, really questioning what am I doing with the family schedules? Is all this running around really benefiting everyone well we haven't had family dinner in two months or you know whatever it may be and looking at that and questioning that and man i've again i've run the gamut especially with a big family of looking at that and going man we are not doing anything i used to i used to talk with pride we seven days a week we have family dinner and a lot of times we have two meals a day together well today that doesn't happen and i'm looking at it and have my values changed my values are still true but I am looking at some different, I mean, my, all my values are on a spectrum and, you know, blessing each kid may involve some extracurricular things that they're not there for the family dinner. But I'm looking at that. I still, it's not that I don't value family dinner, man, I'm weighing that. So again, back to like what you talked about, looking at each area and looking and saying, what is my core value? 
And I can stay true to that. That is my, that is my truth. That's my, I, I want this value for my relationships, for my finances, for my work. Here's the value. But now how do I get there? There's multiple ways to get there. I can get there at family dinner. I can get there driving with a kid in a car and talking to him about something that's important while I'm taking him to soccer or whatever. What are the ways that I can do that? And how, and then how does it fit me? Because we do have people, man, I, I know some people, I've got some friends who I follow on Strava. If anybody's out there and does athletic stuff and t- has a wearable device and you can put it on Strava, it's like Facebook for athletes. And I see them on there and oh my gosh, every, it seems like every day they're on some epic adventure with their family and they just love it. They just go, go, go. That wears me out to just be going. So again, we're looking at these things and go, okay, that could provide value, but then does it fit me? So we've got this kind of this, this recipe, these ingredients we're looking at to reach the value, but how do, how does it fit us? And again, I feel like that's really what Richie's anti-time management was bringing us to was our values as opposed to that concept of, okay, can we just manage our time? Which when we do that and we segment everything out by the the minute or the 10 minute or the 15 minute, and we make these, we generally just fill it to do more stuff and we're just busier. And again, it, doesn't it misses the Ziegler aspect of what are your goals? What are your intent? What are your expectations? Lead with those and then figure out how to, when I mean, we do have to budget our time, granted. Yeah. I learned early in my career that uh, when you create more time, it doesn't mean that you fill it with the right things. Yeah. And we did a time and motion study on our sales team. This is 30 years ago. Um, and that's where you sit with a stopwatch and you measure every activity that somebody does. And so I sat with each person on the sales team and I got an average length of phone call, how long it took to write up the order, how many sales they were making a day, what the average dollar was. I mean, all the cool stuff, right? Because it's data. Let's measure the data. And one of the things we discovered is that the salespeople would fill out the order on a sheet of paper and then they would put it into the computer. Well, the hardware and computer stuff back then was slow. So it took them three to four minutes to actually take the order on the paper and implement it in the input it into the computer. But accounting had the new hardware. And this is not a knock on accounting, but it's funny that the people who write the checks, they got the better equipment first, mm-hmm. but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> right. So, so what we did is instead of the salesperson spending sales time input, inputting the order in the computer, they put it in a box and four or five times a day, accounting would come by, pick up those orders and they could enter an order in less than a minute, better typers, faster equipment, boom. Well, the average uh, person then was making 20 sales a day. And so three minutes times 20, that's an hour. And I knew what our team average was per hour in sales. And so I thought we're gaining an extra hour. Sales are going to go up by that. And guess what happened? Sales stayed exactly the same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because the vacuum that we create when we have more time only gets occupied with the good stuff if we're intentional. Otherwise, we got more time for distractions. We got more time for other things. And, you know, he, in the 
episode, Richie talks about, you know how people can just before vacation, they can get a month's worth of work done in a day or a week. Well, I seem like I remember that from see you at the top back in 1974 <laughs> we, the day before. I, yeah. I wish I could source it because there's an episode or more where that was the focus. I took Zig Ziglar's clip on how much, how much focus and how much productivity we get the day done, uh, the done the day before a vacation. And we've had that. So it's in the show somewhere. I just didn't, I don't know. It's back far enough. Yeah. And so with an, with intentional focus, you know, hyper-focus is what he was talking about. We can get so much done in a lot less time, and we don't allow the distractions to come in and interrupt our, our thoughts. And, and when we work with business owners, and Howard Partridge is our, you know, our exclusive small business coach, and, we, and when we work with business owners who are trying to systemize their business, uh, in the book Born to Win, in the last chapter on career, there's a statement in there. To quote from Howard, your business exists for one reason and one reason only, as a vehicle to help you achieve your life goals. And when you talk to business owners, what they think is, okay, as soon as I systemize my business, I'm going to hit my life goals. But they never set their life goals. Yeah. Right. And so the problem with business owners isn't that they're not, that they're incapable of systemizing their business. That's just something you learn. The compelling reason to do that hasn't appeared, which is clear clarity on what my life goals are, on what's really important, my purpose. And so when we work with business owners, we do both, right? We say, okay, you're, you're going to do this work. Why? Why are you going to do this work? And, and what's interesting is, is, is that we have a, uh, a statement that we teach everybody, all the business owners, and that is build your business to sell and then don't sell it. In other words, build your business so that it operates without your direct involvement. Well, isn't that cool? Because when you when you talk to business owners, one of their dreams is I want to have a successful business that allows me to work as, as little or as much as I want. <laughs> right. We'll have technicians who say, well, if I systemize my business and everybody else does everything, I still like working on projects. Can I do that? And we say, yeah, if you want to, you can. The point is, is you don't have to. And so we're getting them to look at how their business runs with through new glasses, through new eyes, right? And which is what Richie's saying. We we define what our life goal is, what do we really want? And then we put in place, and then it makes a lot of sense to systemize your business. Then it makes a lot of sense to get it out of your head and on paper and then equip other leaders to make those kind of decisions. And and <laughs> When he talked about control, you know, everything's about control in the business world. And that's how the manufacturing line was set up. It was about, hey, we're going to we're going to time block everything. We're going to you're going to start at eight, leave at five. You got, you know, a 10 minute break in the morning, a 10 minute break in the afternoon, a 30 minute lunch. It was about control. It wasn't about, hey, what's the big goal? Yeah. What's the dream? 
Well, your statement there, and I know it comes from, you know, Howard Partridge and the business coaching you guys do, your business exists to help you achieve your life goals. I mean, I'm right away thinking about, okay, that that's just as relevant if we're talking about your job. Your job exists to help you achieve your life goals. Your kid's school, it exists. I mean, the only to send them there, I mean, if we step back and go, what do I want for my kid? It's got to fit into that. If it doesn't, then we've got a problem. That's the same thing with extracurricular activities for your kids or yourself. And, you know, what you're doing with your finances, Dave Ramsey would agree with the same thing. You know, your money exists to help you achieve your life goals. I mean, what a great perspective to go through and go, my goodness, is, is what I'm doing, is this activity helping me achieve my life goals? Even the fun and the play and hobbies and some rest and pleasure. I mean, those things, those are part of it too. I mean, those do help me to a degree. Now, if I'm, that's, that's all I'm doing. It's ultimately not because I'm not making any money and I'm not taking care of my family and whatnot. So I really like that for that big picture. However, that's where I wanted to go next, Tom. Um, Tom or, uh, Richie talked about, he said the enemy to tomorrow's you know time is that we are often thinking big without thinking small that's where i get hung up when we talk about values and goals and looking at what we are doing for what purpose i'll, I'll say i do pretty well there that's i'm 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 good and solid there for the most part however this is where i fall off the rails i don't think small I don't then think about, okay, what does that mean when I wake up in the morning? What do I do? What do I not do? And I end up getting, you know, taking half a day to get a really good hours of work, hour of work done, which sometimes is worthwhile, but sometimes it's just a result of not getting granular as Richie talked about or getting real with it. And this is, you know, gosh, the point to Ziegler, I mean, this is the Ziegler performance planner. I mean, which is a, this is a, you know, actual writing folks. It's not online, uh, actual writing. And so many people attest that because they start off their morning with it. And as much as anything, it just makes them present for the morning. So however you want to do that, we can go to Ziegler.com and find the Ziegler performance planner and use that. It's an incredible tool. Um, but whether you do it, it doesn't, however you do it to sit down. I do that when the kid, last kid walks out of the house, going to school, then it's just me. I've got me, I've got my tea or coffee. I sit down here and I'm thinking, okay, what's, what's got to happen today? What are the have tos? What do I, what do I got to have happen? What would I like to, if I can get through those on a good day, I get that done and I stick to it. Now it's, I still struggle on staying on task, not getting distracted just like everybody else. But that was big to me because we're talking about, we often get caught in the minutia. Now we're saying, think big. You can also go too far to that thinking big and not come down and go, how do I actually walk that out? And when we do that, Tom, uh, when I do that, or when we do that as a family, we often find when we do you know, every so often we'll often find something's got to go. This thing is not adding up to that. Or man, we're not doing, we're, we're not fulfilling this. We got to add in something though. To add in, we generally do have to take away, which of course is another problem when we're looking at budgeting time is the tendency to add without really paying attention to there's going to be a cost. What else are we going to take away? So, uh, I don't know. How do you, how do you fall in the, the big thinking to the small thinking? Yeah. You know, it's, I'm really, uh, it's interesting because in our, in our working with our coaches, I've been really working on micro habits. Okay. Um, 
this is from you know atomic habits i think we talked about it it's the two minute or less habit that gets you started um because when we get focused on a micro habit it's easy to do we build a streak it grows and then we get the long-term benefit the interesting thing about habits or anything that we do is that bad habits we get short-term reward and long-term pain and good habits we get short-term pain and long-term reward <laughs> you know okay. it's like yeah and so we've got this this thing and and you know when when people start off in life you know we all have that picture of us you know in our 60s saying i'm going to have kids and grandkids and you know the holiday whether it's thanksgiving or christmas or whatever everybody's going to be around there's going to be a bountiful uh, food everybody's going to be getting along and and it's just going to be amazing there's not going to be any rush or hurry and all that's the picture that we have um and then when you go back i was listening to rabbi daniel lappin today and he was talking about the connection between marriage and finances and he was commenting on an article and the article was written from the point of view that it's unfair that uh the 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 the, the traditional marriage families where the husband works and the wife stays at home it's unfair that they make disproportionately more money than other people in society. And so I'm sitting there listening to this going, cause that's counterculture, right? That's, that's counterculture. And then he made this other comment. He said, if you ever look at a demographic, it's, it's not about race or ethnicity, ethnicity as to why that demographic demographic is struggling. Because if you go around the world and you look at England or France or the United States, uh, there's different demogra- uh, different uh, makeups of people in every country. The thing that the, that the people groups or demographics that study have in common is their values and they don't have a two-parent house. Hmm. <laughs> so... So the poor people in the UK are white. <laughs> I mean, that's, but when you say, is it because they're, that, that they're in this demographic? No, it's because of their values and their relationships. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, if you're getting started and you're thinking, wow, I, I really want to, uh, I want to be in my sixties and have this amazing, that's my, that's my, well, you know what you should really do? you should really decide what your values are and you should really work on your marriage relationship because that's, well, that doesn't have anything to do with career. That doesn't have anything to do. (laughs) And so we think, well, I know what I'll do. I'll go work 60 hours a week, go for every promotion. I'll burn it at both ends and we'll try to make it work. And then like Richie said, we lose now and we lose later yeah. because 
are you know are the are the kids going to show up when you've probably got a blended family situation and you haven't seen a lot of them ever because of the choice of priorities that you make and and our culture is you have to have this you have to have that you have to have this part of the reason right now that there are 11 and a half this is the last time i checked which is a month ago so it might be different the reason there's 11 and a half million jobs available and five and a half million people looking for those jobs is because a lot of people figured that out during the pandemic wait a second I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the side hustle. I'm going to do Etsy. I'm going to do my own little small business. I'm going to make, you know, a 50% of what I was making in the, in the, in the, in the rat race, but I get all the time I want. I get to spend time with my kids. I don't have to spend the time on or the money on clothes or transportation. We can move to a more affordable place. And so a lot of people discovered this, this idea. And so what happens when you spend more time with those you love? Well, maybe your relationships get stronger, even if you're not very good at it, right? Some Now, he, Rabbi Lappin did have a caveat. If it's a bad marriage, that's not part of what he's talking about. <laughs> We're not talking about an abusive situation or anything like that. He's, he's saying when you have a productive, positive marriage with common goals, you're going to make more money. It, no, isn't that crazy? And so maybe the way we create the life we want is we focus on the people we love. I mean, you're talking about root cause issues. I mean, this is speaking to our doctor, Dr. Andy James. You know, how often I hear stories from him and somebody comes in with whatever ailment, chronic illness, disease, pathology and they're looking at it physiologically generally and how often does he find this is a mental issue and how often has he come and said you know I, i'll never forget one lady who was in really bad health and he ultimately kept trying to get her to do this and do this and she did a lot of it and he finally said you know what i cannot help you the i can't help you right now because the thing that is hurting your health the most is your adult son living at home until you get him out, I don't think there's any help. The stress and anxiety it causes you is wrecking everything, and I can't fix that. How relevant is that for all of us? And it is interesting, Tom, what we saw during the pandemic when everything was shut down, everybody went home. The stories that happened from people realizing, oh, my gosh, I had no idea how my workplace was affecting my health. And seeing their, their health increase. Now we saw some other people go the other way and go, Oh my gosh. And I heard this from some people. I'm so grateful. I miss my work. Cause I miss the people. So those extroverts, you know, the social folks who are so social, I mean, really miss that. And it showed them the value of some of the people that they may have worked with. And, you know, people who found out that my gosh, I can't imagine, I can't believe I was doing that long commute. Now I can save the time. And some others who, who realized, man, I, it really helped me have some alone time to listen to some podcast or to pray or whatnot, but again, to see our values. And a lot of times we need to disrupt as your book talks about, but we need to disrupt things to really figure out what matters to us. And when we go about the day to day over and over, we're living the same day 
over every single day, which Robin Sharma talks about when you do that, it's not a life. When you live the same day over every day for a year, not a life. We don't give ourselves space to do that. But Tom, I, you did talk about bad habits and Richie talked about, he actually made the quote. I think it was just an offhand quote during the show that we are forever habiting meaning we're just, you know, we're getting this habit and we want to put this habit and we're reading James Clear's Atomic Habits, which is awesome. But we, we have this habit and that habit and this habit and that. And we're forever habiting, or, but not inhabiting. And I love that perspective. It just caused me to stop and pause. We're not, we're habiting, but we're not inhabiting. We're not really getting involved in what is, again, the end goal. And you talked about it earlier and I meant to bring it up that the what's worse than setting a goal is setting the wrong goal and achieving it. And to me, that is generally what we do. If we don't set the goal, the goal is set for us. Just kind of like that. If we don't discern the direction we want to go, we're just going to fall with the flow of what's happening and who knows where we'll end up. That we by proxy, if we don't consciously decide where we want to go, and I know this is as pithy and as old as Solomon, but we're still here today. If we don't set that goal and and be intentional with where we're going to go, we're going to end up at somebody else's goal or something else's goal. Um, And, and if we're not aware of ourselves, we can sometimes, that's an age old. I was going to say meme. It existed long before memes. When you're climbing the ladder of success, only to realize you leaned it against the wrong wall. I mean, again, this stuff has been around for so long and yet here we are today and Looking at the health and mental health stats, I don't know that we have really progressed and we may have even regressed, but I think that's so powerful. What's worse than setting a goal is setting the wrong goal, which is what you're doing if you don't set a goal, letting that goal just kind of happen to us and achieving that. And how often do we find that that's the consummate midlife crisis, which you can reach that midlife crisis at 35 or 65. It's not an age, but a timeline where you realize, oh my gosh, what have I done? What am I doing? And now, finally, what do I want to do? And the longer it takes you to get to that point, the longer it takes to course correct. Yeah, and it, and it starts with asking the right question. And I talked about this. Uh, this is one of the revelations of the pandemic uh, is when all of a sudden all the states shut down and suddenly – School was being done remotely on Zoom or whatever platform. The question they asked was, how do we teach what we've always taught in the classroom through a Zoom meeting? That was the wrong question. The right question is, what can we teach that will produce the a child with the best chance of success in the world. Hmm. And so when disruption comes, when you lose your job, when a relationship ends, when a dream gets challenged or changed or whatever, it's like, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to find another job in this same area. That's, that's not, that's not the right question. The question is, okay, So what can I do now that's going to give me the greatest amount of satisfaction with my life? Like what, and what's my, why, what's my purpose? And, and then you, then you work um, backwards from that. The, you know, Dennis Waitley, when I talked to him last year in his 
and, and his book came out, he made, he said this, he said, change your affirmations into confirmations. And that's what uh, Richie said. He, he said, instead of saying, uh, I'm, I'm going to get healthier, just say, I am healthy. That's <laughs> right. You, you change that affirmation of something I'm going to do into a proclamation or a confirmation of I am this. So it's the inhabit, the inhabitation of that versus the pursuing of that. Uh, and I think that's a very, very powerful concept because when you, when you say uh, I need to go exercise so I can become healthy, that's one thought path. But if you wake up every morning saying, Hey, I'm healthy and I make decisions that healthy people make, then all of a sudden every decision, that's a, that's a driving value of your life. And every decision is around that. Do healthy people eat that? Do healthy people sit like that? Do healthy people, uh, whatever, right. Get that amount of sleep. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and so when you start claiming, Hey, I am healthy. Uh, I am a, I, I build great relationships or well, your, your, your brain is, a, is, it's almost magical. Your mind is almost magical where once you tell it, Hey, this is the, this is the direction it seeks out solutions to that direction. That's why dad was so big on don't focus on the problem, identify the problem and then focus on the solutions. When we get solution focused, all these possibilities come up. Uh, I've always, people will say, well, do you want to do A or B? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm always trying to figure out how to do both. Right. (laughs) Your confirmation, Tom, reminds me again, back to the uh, famous Zig Ziglar affirmations, which uh, the self-talk cards, which folks you can, you can always find. We mentioned this probably comes up every quarter or so Ziggler.com slash self, uh, uh, self, um, talk. I think that's right. I'll have to look that, I'll have to look that up. I think that's it. Ziggler.com slash self talk. And you can get the affirmation cards. You can download the affirmation sheets from Zig Ziglar, the original ones there. And that is what we talk about a lot around that is it's so difficult to look ourselves in the mirror and say, whatever it may be, I am punctual. If you know you're not, you're late to everything and it feels disingenuous, but you're saying, yeah, to claim it. And I often go to the, I am becoming, I am becoming punctual. I am in the process. I am, I am owning that. Uh, And it reminded me, we once had Ariel Garten on the show. She's the founder of the Muse meditation app. It's actually, you wear it a little band around. She may be on the show again. She's got some new stuff coming out. We may have her back on the show, but I asked her about, Meditation. We were talking about that, about just taking some time to be present. And I said, you know, should I really, when I'm, when I'm thinking about doing it, should I pay attention to what kind of mood I'm in at that time? And if I'm in a high anxiety mood, is it going to be harder to do it than waiting till I'm in a little more low key? And she's just, she kind of said, stop, 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 stop. She said, Kevin, I'm paraphrasing. You get points right there. The fact that you're even thinking about it, that is becoming aware. That is, and she helped me on because I'm sitting there thinking about I'm the kind of, I'm, I'm just hoping to at some point maybe 
try to meditate. She said, no, I mean, you're on the journey. You're becoming that now because you're asking me that question. Cause now during your day, you're aware of thinking, huh, should I meditate? And what is my mood right now? She said, you're already won. You're on your way to winning. And to think about that as we consider these areas of our lives and what we want, we are becoming that person we want to be. We are becoming that value that we want to achieve in these key areas of our lives. So I, I like that. Change the affirmation to a confirmation. I mean, we've, to, to own it, to grasp it. And yeah, you're right. That's so much of what Richie talked about. Well, Tom, this is why I like talking about these issues. I knew this was right up your alley and I wanted to hear your insight, man. Thank you for taking us deeper. And uh, it's always a gift to have these deep discussions with you that matter. I'm going to go forth with the rest of my day better because of it, brother. Thank you. Awesome, brother. The greatest talk show or podcast host talk show. I feel like we were just talking in all the land (laughs) and all the land. And uh, if you listened all the way to the end and you said, you know what? I think I want to check out that born to win Uh uh, event we got coming up. Just send me an email, Tom at Ziggler.com and a shout out to Mo. Uh, He is a podcast listener. And uh, I had a conversation with him yesterday. So beautiful. It's always good to connect. Yeah. Thank you, Mo. Okay, friends. In discussing making our daily tasks and activities line up and support our life goals, I'd be remiss in citing or not citing. There are some aspects of life maintenance that are hard to do this with. I mean, taking a shower and doing laundry and cleaning the toilet while serving to support our life goals of hygiene are hard to glorify. Granted. There is basic maintenance we've all got to do. Even billionaires got to take a shower and put their pants on. And what we're looking at the overall roles and responsibilities that we commit to and really just take them into consideration. It's a great exercise to do. I think even every quarter as we habitually fall into saying yes to things and adding things to our to-do list. Though the more clear we are on these overall goals and values, the less we do lose our way. Thank you, as always, for choosing to tune into the Self-Helpful Podcast. It'd be great if you left a review. The greatest thing you can do is keep the discussion going. Talk about what you heard here with someone else. I sincerely hope I've helped you help yourself so that you can help others.